Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Amen. Saints of God, today's message is going to be entitled, The Ignorance of Freedom. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 8. We're going to read from verses 31 through verse 36. John chapter 8, starting at verse number 31, and the word of the Lord says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say, we or you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, hallelujah, you shall be free indeed. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning, saints of the Most High. Freedom. Glory to God. What exactly is freedom? Many of us have an idea of what that word means. Conventional wisdom would tell us that freedom is the state of being free. Free to do whatever you wish, whenever you wish, and with whomever you wish. In other words, no consequence, no penalty. Freedom from restraint. Freedom to choose. Freedom to defy. Freedom to be thyself. Freedom to be a girl today and freedom to be a boy tomorrow, and freedom to be Captain Crunch next week, and Fruit Loops, and a Cheerio, and a piece of broccoli the next day. It sounds crazy, but that's how it is. After all, freedom means to be free to feel however you wish to feel, right or wrong. Free to be me. I've got to be me. I've got to be free. Right? Free to believe what I want to believe. How about this? Free to make my own rules. Free to make my own God. Free to follow my own idols. Free to follow my own decisions. Webster's says that freedom is the state of being free or at liberty rather than confinement. Exemption from external control. The power to determine action without restraint. You see, you see the, the, the flow coming around here? It's like a non-consequential freedom, right? 
political or national independence, personal liberty as opposed to bondage, exemption from the presence of anything, freedom from fear, the absence or release of ties and obligations. Wow, that sounds just amazing. No consequence, no penalties. We don't have to answer to nobody. We could be whatever we want to be, think whatever we want to think, and do whatever we want to do. Wow, that makes the world go round. There is a sheer ignorance. There is a sheer ignorance of what it really means to be free. People are drowning in a sea of ignorance, more now in our day than ever before. There are those with serious mental disorders. I'm saying it truthfully. Mental disorders that are convinced they are born gay or transgender or they're born, I've heard this now, a born pedophile. I can't help to love small children. It's just I was something I was born with. And they're literally trying now to accommodate you know, this community, because they're now trying to lower the age of consent. So now if they lower the age of consent, then that means a child can love an adult, and an adult can love a child without going to jail, without going to prison. This is where our nation's a state of affairs are headed. And then those that have these mental disorders, because that's what they are, they're demonic and they're mental they want everyone to accept their mental disorder as a normal state of being. And if so, if you're in agreement, if you're tolerant, if you're inclusive, then you are a bona fide hero. But if you disagree with that logic, then you are a homophobe, a bigot, a racist, a, a, a race baiter, a inciting riots, and all the other crazy things that they want to call. The reality is there's a real ignorance of what it means to be free. Many in our society, even in the church, are clueless of what freedom means. Millions of unborn babies uh, have been murdered every year. We just got over the Roe v. Wade thing. But people called it freedom of choice. How about this? Pornography fills magazine racks and cell phones and movie theaters and internet pages, even commercials, and they call it freedom of entertainment. Excuse me, that's a typo there. Freedom of entertainment. Racist and hate-filled groups chant and spew forth the most vile and disgusting slogans to those that are different than they are, and they call it freedom of speech. Cults are formed. Black magic and witchcraft is practiced. Psychic networks are booming. Everybody's calling Cleo. All forms of media and print and horoscopes follow daily. Even Christians are, are talking nonsense. Oh, what's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. What's you? Sagittarius. Well, I bind it in Jesus' name. My wife, when they tell her, what sign are you? She goes, I'm a sign of the cross, bro. Hallelujah. That's my sign. There are Christians literally following the horoscopes, wondering if they should take an umbrella, if they're going to run into a long-lost friend. And, and oh, today's going to be a good day. It's amazing. That's witchcraft, by the way. And they call it freedom of religion. 
Our news media can make bold-faced lies every single night in the evening news. They can print whatever stories they wish to print and sell it as truth to the American people who love to gobble it up like it's Thanksgiving dinner, and they call it freedom of the press. Funny how we can believe everything written in the newspaper, but we have great difficulty believing what is written in God's Word. I've only just begun. On and on it goes. Equal rights. I want the right to marry the same gender. I want the right to marry my kitty cat. I want the right to molest small children because it's a result of my own birth defect. My body. How about this? My body. My choice. My body. My choice. But when it was time to get vaccinated, they were like, get vaccinated or lose your job. Take the jab or else. There's so much ridiculous logic that is going on. And what's happening now is the church, I know I'm, I'm making some of you cringe. How could he say those things? How could he say that? Especially from the pulpit. Repent in the name of Jesus. I am the light of the world. They, the, the Lord says we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, it is good for nothing but to be thrown in the trash. And if you're too salty, then it's good for nothing as well because now you're hitting people with the Bible brick. But you've got to be seasoned with salt. That means you've got to at least have some flavor, some sabor. You know, speak and let people say, man, he made a point there. Maybe I need to rethink this foolishness. You want me to give an example? There are those that say love is love. I talked about this on Wednesday for those that were here. Love is love. You, don't, you, can't, you can't determine who you're going to fall in love with. You have to understand love is just love. Well, if love is love, then water is water. Y'all missed that, and I'm going to explain. If love is love then water is water. That means if you're thirsty, you go to the sink and you drink a cup of water, right? Water is water. But if you happen to be upstairs and you can't make it to the downstairs, just go to the toilet bowl and get the cup and just drink. Because, no, no, is it not the same logic? If water is water, then drink, take a straw and drink from the toilet. Because water is water. You see how ignorant people think? They want you to believe that love is love, and we're supposed to accept it. But, but yeah, I don't see nobody volunteering to drink out of the toilet bowl because we know there are uh, 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 some, uh, 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 what do you call it, microorganisms, some kind of biological hazards, some kind of nastiness, some foulness, human feces and excrement, and urine, all kinds of nastiness, and vomit, and boogers, and snots. Yeah, it's like that. All kinds of stuff has been in that toilet. No one in their right mind would drink out of the toilet. But you want me to agree with your stance, with your logic? I don't think so. Homie, don't play that. How about this? Isn't it funny that a scientist or a psychologist or some kind of doctor can place a stamp of approval on some mental disorder or some sickness, and then everyone just goes along with the diagnosis. Look at this whole COVID thing. For two years, the whole world was stuck 
in a place that they've never been before. Listen, there are people, even in church, there are pastors mad at me for the things that I've said. Do you know that there's clergy upset because I've talked against this COVID whole pandemic, whole this craziness stuff? There are people still mad at me for that. They won't even talk to me. Look what has happened to the world because Dr. Fraudchi, Fraudchi, oh, oh Fauci, that, that, I, I, meant, I meant to say Fauci. Dr. Fraudchi, he says something and the whole world now has to be uh, uh, masked up. On and on it went. Fear, 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 mongering, fear, fear. And then they bring it to the lawmakers to turn it into laws of the land. How many uh, 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 police officers, firemen, doctors, clinicians, there's all kinds of people that have lost their job because of their refusal to accept the norm of the society. With all of our freedom... We've become free to be stupid. The spirit of dumb is the new plague of our society. It is the new plague. And you know what? People get mad at me, but the reality is I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be like Jesus. You know, don't get angry with me. Hallelujah. When Jesus, look at what it says in Mark 9, 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. You see, that's what we're supposed to be doing, setting people free from ridiculous bondages of, of, of demonic proportion. The ignorance of freedom is at an all-time high in our, in our world. Many believe that they have every right to be totally free. They are free to do whatever drugs they wish to do and with whomever they wish to do it with. They are free to purchase alcohol legally and drink themselves into oblivion every weekend as their reward for the hard week of work. Go figure. They are free to have as many sex partners as they wish, regardless of age, gender, or orientation. Kids feel that they are free to go to school or not to go to school, to study or not to study. People are free they feel that they're free to do whatever they want to do in life, no matter who gets hurt, so long as they're happy. Let me give you a reality check. The irony is that the very thing which is supposed to make people feel free is the very thing that enslaves them. Those involved with drugs and drinking, partying, find themselves drug addicted, alcoholic, some of them are in prison or having problems with the law. Some of them have a loss of home, a loss of job, and even families. A loss of families. Those practicing various types of sexual immorality find themselves with incurable diseases, unwanted pregnancies, destroyed families, wrecked homes, broken hearts from being used and abused, and more importantly, the inability 
to enter into marriage under the divine covenant of God because there's too many sexual partners still inside of you. And then you find it hard to make love to your husband because there's other spirits lingering around. Old loves, old spirits. And you want your marriage to be pure and holy and undefiled, but you haven't disconnected. There are soul ties, spiritual attachments. You think you're free, but you're not free. Kids who use freedoms to blow off school and end up uneducated. And then they wonder why the only job they could get is to flip burgers and wash dishes and dig holes. Or menial, back-breaking type of jobs. Listen, all jobs are glory to God. Praise God. It's a blessing. They're all a blessing. But listen, you can either work harder or work smarter, right? If you, if you uh, uh, educate yourself and you move forward and advance in life, you can do what, anything you want to do. But sometimes your freedoms make you the one to, to, to go backwards. In other words... In our pursuit of freedom, it results in even greater slavery. Do you think that people going to happy hour at the local bar are free? And I'll tell you, most happy hours are the most public attended services, church services that there are out there. People are faithful to happy hour. They pay their tithes on the counter, right? The tips, that's your tithes and offering. The pastor is the bartender. The servers are the ushers, the greeters. The jukebox is your praise and worship team. The alcohol is the false spirit. And you can't wait to get full of the spirit. You see, Satanism, the only commandment in the Satanic Bible is, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. There's a quote from Ed Cole. It says, Sin promises to serve and please, but it will only enslave and dominate. All of us at times have been completely free to do or feel however we want. But total freedom or complete independence is never really an option for those of us in Christ Jesus. The Bible teaches us that we are to, supposed to be servants of God, not slaves to sin any longer. Hallelujah. First Peter. Listen to this, 1 Peter 2, 15 through 17. It says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. In other words, live as free men, but do not allow your freedom to cause you to be bound in sin. Another way of putting it is in Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Last week I spoke, a lot of times we think of the word lust as only sexual lust, but the reality is there are all types of lust. Anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, greed, all these other things, loneliness. There are a lot of different lusts of the flesh. And when we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill those types of lust. Amen? Let me give you a little illustration. This is about a group of ants that know how to make slaves. Slave-making ants. 
Slave-making ants in the Amazon illustrate man's predicament. Listen to this. Hundreds of these ants periodically swarm out of their nest to capture neighboring colonies of weaker ants. After destroying all their defenders, the resisting defenders, they carry off cocoons containing the larvae of worker ants. And when these captured children ants hatch, they assume that they are part of the family and launch into the task that they were born to do, never realizing that they are forced labor victims of the enemy. Just as these little creatures are captives from the time of their birth, so we too enter the world enslaved to sin. By the turning to Christ in faith, the Holy Spirit power, we can begin to serve the Lord as servants of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke of being made free. The truth will make you free. He said, abide in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. A disciple of Christ is a student, a follower of Christ that's going to study the word and show themselves approved, a multiplier in the master's hand, abiding in God's word. They have a love for truth. How many love the truth? Glory to God. How many thirst for the truth? Jesus is the word of God made flesh. To abide in his word and to abide in him is to be a true disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. When you think of the word abide. What does that mean exactly? Abide means to wait for, to endure without yielding, to bear patiently, to accept without objection. That's a good one. To remain stable or fixed in state, to continue in place, to accept without objection. Let me just expound on that one a little bit. That means when God says, don't go, guess what that means? Don't go. When God says, don't do this because it's going to hurt you, what do you think that means? Don't do it because it's going to hurt you. A lot of times we impose our own wounds. We put ourselves in predicaments. We put ourselves in position to, to bring upon ourselves unwanted consequences. Or we say, but that's too hard for me. I object. I object. You can't object with God. Hallelujah. John 15, 9 through 10. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Hallelujah. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my Father's love. Abide in my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Glory to God. Abiding is very important to the Lord. Listen, he used the word abide ten times in those few little verses. You think he's trying to make a point here? Hallelujah. Abiding in him makes us sons and daughters of his own family. It makes us knowledgeable of his truth, and his truth will make us free. What exactly 
are we free from? Saints of God, real freedom, freedom in Christ is to be free from sin. When we were born on this earth, we were born in sin, every single one of us, right? The Bible says all of us will have to make that choice one day, who we're going to serve. To be free is to be free from sin, to be free from death, to be free from fear, free from worries, free from lies, free for a life with God. Free to live eternally with Jesus in paradise. When he went into the temple and told them, your captivity is over, he was talking about our freedom. We are no longer slaves to sin. In the book of Isaiah, Jesus went in after being baptized and he came out of the wilderness. He goes straight to the temple. And listen to what he reads in Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah! How many are oppressed? How many need liberty from oppression? Glory to God. Then he says in Luke 4, 21, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And when he said that, everybody started to manifest. They wanted to take him out into the parking lot and stone him to death. They wanted to take him out and throw rocks at him. How many know that sometimes it's hard to hear the truth? Praise God. But the gospel is a message of freedom. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message of hope and salvation. It's good news to the captive. It's good news to every sinner. Hallelujah. The good news means that hell is not your eternal destination. It's a message of good news for the poor. Freedom from the, for the prisoner. Sight for the blind. And release for the oppressed. And it is a message that is still needed today because far too many people, even in church, are still not free. There may be some sitting in this room right now pretending to be free, but they are bound. Jesus came to set you free. His love has set you free, free indeed. He has come to give you real freedom and I want to talk about some of those freedoms. This is not an exhaustive list, but I want to talk about some of those freedoms in Christ. Number one on the list, freedom from guilt and condemnation. Hallelujah. For those of you who have ever done something stupid, <laughs> like your pastor, you know how many times I've had to go to the Lord, God, have mercy on my life. Forgive me for that crazy, dumb thing that I did. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But don't stop there, as Brother Dell said earlier, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Saints of God, when the guilt burdens you, when the guilt seems to be overriding you, you have the ability in Christ to just shake it off, to get back up, brush off, and ask for forgiveness and get back on the, on the path. Glory to God. There's a wonderful freedom that guilt does not uh, uh, hold you bound any longer. Glory to God. The righteous fall down seven times and they get up again. Hallelujah. Number two, freedom from the law. 
Listen to this. Romans 8, 2 and 4, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Glory to God. How many know that you have the credit account of Jesus Christ on your side? You are free in Christ. You are no longer bound by the law. Now, let me tell you something. The law of God is perfect. There's nothing wrong with God's law. Jesus never came to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He lived his perfect life so that now through him, covered by his blood, his perfection, his stainless life is now applied to you. And now you can walk in complete freedom, in complete liberty, not bound by the law, but set free from the law. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. The reason why he had to come is because we, by our very nature, are lawbreakers. Very simply, if you were to make a law of yourself, many of us do this. I've done it many times. I know this by experience. I'm going to get up at 5.30 and work out every morning. Right? About a week, I'm good. But on day six, I overslept. And I didn't get to do my workout. And now I go all day feeling guilt and shame and condemnation. And then I say, you know what? This doesn't work. You know, and I say, all right, now, because you know what? I figured it out. I got up too early. I, I set the law for 5 o'clock in the morning. So I'm going to get up at 5.30, give myself a little snooze time, and back. Right? And three days later, again. And, and so as long as you make a law, guess what? You're going to break your own law because your very nature is a lawbreaker. Praise God. But when you just say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my best to serve God. Hallelujah. I'm going to do my best to, to honor God with my life. And every day I'm going to present myself unto the Lord as a sacrificial uh, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice unto God. Right? It changes the game. Let me, let me give you an example. There's a foreign man who became a citizen of the United States of America. In his old country, there used to be curfew in place. To disobey that curfew meant prison or serious consequences. So one day, he decided to go sightseeing in America, his new country, his new home. He found himself in the streets, and he looked at his clock and began to get anxious. And he found a cab, and he said, please hurry and take me home before I miss my curfew cab driver seemed perplexed. He said, what are you talking about, sir? He said, the curfew, the curfew. I'm going to get in trouble. I got to get home. Cab driver said, sir, in this country, we do not have any curfews. You are free to remain outside as long as you'd like. You see, this man was completely free, but he had still been under the bondage of his old life. Many Christians have been made free in Christ but have not learned how to cast off the old bondages of sin. We sing about freedom. We talk about freedom. And yet we feel the pressure of the curfew and the bondage of oppression 
and the old ways. Be free. Hallelujah. Number three, we free from worry. Break free. Freedom from worry. Hallelujah. Someone said worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's trouble. I say, and my wife says, we say this all the time, worry is simply a substitute for prayer. Worry in the Greek is merimnao. Merimnao, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's a compound word which means to divide the mind. Worry divides the mind from positive thoughts to destructive thoughts. The sun sets us free from the power of those destructive thoughts. Matthew 6, 33 through 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Hallelujah. Number four, freedom from fear. Glory to God. Luke 12, 4 through 5, it says, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more what they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has the power to cast you into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Glory to God. Listen, of everything to be afraid of, there's nothing more that needs to be a, 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 a fearful of than God himself. Praise God. Sometimes we take it so lightly that God is a good God. God is a loving God. God is a peaceful God, a merciful God. Yes, but he is also consuming fire. And he sees our intentions. He sees our heart. He sees all of our acts. And sometimes we don't fear God the way we should. So often people find themselves struggling in different types of sins and different types of situations. And I can tell you this, it always goes back to the very simple answer. You have lost the fear of God. Do you know the fear of God is what keeps us grounded? It keeps us on a firm foundation. The fear of God keeps you from breaking the law. The fear of God keeps you from cheating on your wife. The fear of God keeps you from cheating on your husband. The fear of God keeps you from false idols, false worship, spiritual adultery from drugs you name it everything the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom the beginning of understanding and to honor God is to fear God to say Lord I trust you I'm not going down that path hallelujah I ain't trying to play no games with you when we fear God we fear nothing else if God is on our side we can do all things when we don't fear God, then we will fear everything else. We'll fear the Rona. We'll fear Omicron. We'll fear Delta Force. We'll fear F-Troop. We'll fear all the, all the stuff that comes down. First John, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. These you should know by heart. We, we say these all the time. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Do you know that in the word of God, the phrase, do not fear, do not be afraid, is written 365 times in the word of God. That means do not be afraid, one for every day of the year. Number five, freedom from hopelessness. I love this. First Peter 1, 3, 5. 
It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Glory to God. That verse right there should make you sleep good at night. That was the lamest amen I've ever heard in my life. Let me go back and say that again. That verse should make you sleep good at night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, when there's a hope You don't worry about what's going on outside. You don't worry when everything else is collapsing because there's a blessed hope reserved for you in glory. I don't care what they do to me. Praise God. God has got me. God's got my back. God's my rear guard, my front guard. He's my left side, my right side. God is above me, below me, under me, through me. He's all around. Where could I go to hide from the Lord? Nowhere. You know why people commit suicide? Because they've lost all hope. They believe the lie of the devil. They could have had all the riches in the world and still have been hopeless and broken and alone. Some of uh, celebrities that we know of, we, we hear these reports all the time. Every year there's somebody that is just in severe depression and they take their life. I think it was the Judd, one of the Judd, uh, Noemi Judd apparently is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. She had been struggling with depression and, and anxiety and loneliness and everything else. She was severely depressed, and she ended her life. You know why? Because she lost hope. And when people are hopeless and they have nowhere else to turn, the enemy starts to play with their mind. But those of us in Christ, we have a hope that the world doesn't know about. And this is why it's so important to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, to to allow people to see that there is hope in Christ. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. God gives you a new identity, a new life. He gives you a new direction, a new purpose, a new destiny. He gives you eternal life. He gives you eternal inheritance. He makes you a joint heir with Jesus Christ, a son and daughter of the most high it doesn't matter where you've been it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter how far you've gone off the path all you've got to do is cry out to the name of Jesus hallelujah he said those that call on me I shall never cast away hallelujah there is hope for you today there is freedom for you today and it can only be found in Christ hallelujah Christ He came to make us free. There is freedom in Christ Jesus. Free from sin. Free from the bondage of this world. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What does that mean, pastor? That means stop doing the same thing and expecting a different result. How many times do you have to come to the altar to repent for the same thing? 
If you come before the altar to repent of some sin, then you lay your life down. You say, God, I'm done with this. This is a struggle for so many because they don't want to give up a lifestyle. They don't want to give up certain idols. They don't want to give up certain things. And you think you're going to come to the altar and hold things back. You're not being serious with God. Let me give you an illustration of what that means. There's a seven-year-old boy. His name was Mark. Mark was overheard praying to Jesus. And this is what he prayed. Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time just the way I am. That's a joke. Hallelujah. But it's scary because that's, that's how we are. You see, there's an ignorance to freedom. I don't mind being the way I am. It don't matter. So long as I'm saved, I'm good. So long as I got my fire insurance, I'm good. In our opening passage, thank you, sister. In our opening passage from John 8, Jesus was speaking to Jewish believers. And they were throwing their titles around. We're Abraham's seed. We're a slave to nobody. Listen, right there in and of itself, they didn't recognize that they were already bound. When they're starting to throw titles around, we're Abraham's seed. We belong to Abraham. That means pride is somewhere in there. How can we be made free? I'm already free. They must have forgotten the 400 years of slavery in Egypt when they were overcome by the enemies. They must have forgot the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Philistines. They must have forgotten 70 years in Babylon. They must have forgotten the, the yoke of bondage under Rome when they had to pay tribute to Caesar. In the very pride and arrogance of their own heart, they thought they were already free. Let me tell you something. Pride, it always will cloud the truth of God. Pride will cloud your own judgment. It will make you blind to it. You'll see pride in everybody else but yourself. Sin separates us from Jesus and the truth. The sin that lurks in our heart, makes us unsatisfied slaves, fatherless orphans. Sin will keep you homeless, apart from abiding in the house of the Lord forever. Sin will keep you working for and earning your own death. Pride is among the greatest, if not the greatest sin. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Stop earning the wage of, of sin, but instead be free from them. The beauty of freedom in Christ is that he took your place. Our sins, which are deserving of death and judgment and execution, Jesus took. It says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. I'm going to put a really graphic picture on the screen, but I want you to just Look at this picture and understand the cost of our freedom. I saw this photograph and it broke my heart. The Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, he was unrecognizable to the Father. He was ripped from shred to shred. And even though these images are graphic, 
But it gives you an understanding of what he endured for you and for me. This is the cost of freedom. Max Lucado, I'm going to quote from one of his books. He wrote, it happened too fast. One minute, Barabbas was in his cell on death row, playing tic-tac-toe on the dirt walls. And then the next moment, he was outside, squinting his eyes at the bright sun. You're free to go. Barabbas scratches his beard and says, what? You're free. They took the Nazarene instead of you. Barabbas has often been compared to humanity, and rightly so. In many ways, he stands for us, a prisoner who was freed because someone had never seen, ne had never seen took his place. But I think Barabbas was probably smarter than we all in one respect. As far as we know, he took his sudden freedom for what it was, an undeserved gift. Someone tossed him a life preserver, and he grabbed it with no questions asked. You couldn't imagine him pulling some of our stunts. We take our free gift and try to earn it or diagnose it or pay for it instead of simply saying thank you and accepting it. Ironic as it may appear, one of the hardest things to do is to be saved by grace. There is something in us that reacts to God's free gift. We have some weird compulsion to create laws, systems, and regulations that will make us worthy of our gift. Why do we do that? The only reason I can figure is pride. To accept grace means to accept its necessity, and most folks don't like to do that. To accept grace also means that one realizes his despair, and most people are not too keen on doing that either. Barabbas thought he knew better. Barabbas didn't question his freedom. He just accepted it. How many won't take the freedom Christ gives? We need to get some questions answered. Many of them want to come and come to God with questions or even conditions, and we'll say things to him like, I'll serve you if you do this for me. I'll give you my life if you do this for me and take me out of this mess. And the reality is that's not how it works. Those in Christ Jesus receive their own freedom, their sonship, and they understand the responsibility of that freedom and that price that was used to pay for it. Look at that picture one more time. This is the price of your freedom. When you understand what God had done for you, you will understand love even more and your freedom to live your life surrendered in appreciation and gratitude for the gift of your own freedom. We will share in his truth. We will share his gospel with others so that they too can experience this type of freedom. And we don't do it out of obligation, but we do it out of love. Love for him and gratitude in our heart. In closing, I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace 
You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Saints of God, this is real freedom, to be free from sin, to be free to live forever in glory with Christ Jesus. Do not be ignorant of the gift of freedom that Jesus Christ offers. To those who have freedom, his freedom, make it count. Use your freedom to tell somebody that is in captivity about Jesus. Tell somebody how they can be made free. Show them to, to the path to their own freedom and allow yourself to reproduce as a disciple and follower of God. Those who are free in Jesus Christ are free indeed. God bless you, saints of the Most High. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.